Odyssey flips some key stations to the BetQL format, and we wonder, is this a good move? Hubbard names a new sales director in Chicago, and from what Keith has determined, she's never sold radio before. And she's now the DOS of Hubbard. Okay. <laughs> RBR confirms that uh, Ron Stone is getting out of the Eastern Shore markets completely, and our question is, is Adams getting out of radio completely? Mm. 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 Welcome. For Thursday, July 1st, this is Media Insultant. Welcome back to Media Insultant, where twice a week my co-host Keith Samuels and I will offer opinions on all kinds of things media-oriented and hopefully maybe even some reliable takeaways. A little wisdom, huh, Keith? A little wisdom. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to up our wisdom game. You know, we're, we're so full of it. We just run out of time. So, you know, we're going to pass along our insultant advice as best we can. Best we can. Can you imagine uh, how good it would have been if we had had our insulting wisdom when we were running radio stations on a day-in and day-out basis? We wouldn't have listened then either. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's start off with Odyssey. Odyssey uh, has flipped, this is the old intercom, has flipped some key stations to this BetQL format. And what did they flip? Seven AM stations, is that right? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, but why don't you explain to people what BetQL means? Well, I'm not sure I can, other than it sounds <laughs> like it, it's a sports betting website called BetQL.com. And somehow they integrate the sports betting with a sports content. Now, I don't know enough about their sports content to know whether it's a duplicate of what they're doing on their sports stations, but it's a sports talk, and then they talk about the line and whether or not you can make any money on it. I mean, they, they you know, their website is, has some really audacious offers. They say if they have three, what they call three-star recommendations, and mm -hmm. if you would put a $100 bet on all of their three-star recommendations, it yields $16,000 profit in one year. They're claiming that on their website. Now, why the SEC isn't after them, I don't know. And it does sound like an opportunity for an index fund. <laughs> but, Keith, uh, well, what do you think is in it for Odyssey? They're flipping like seven or eight of their AM stations in decent sports markets. How are they going to make any money on this? What's your thought? Well, my thought is is that, yeah, exactly. How are they going to make money on it? I mean, you know, sports radio, local sports radio is difficult to make money off of anyway, unless you've got, you know, great sports rights deals to carry the major league teams that might be in your city. And even then, you might not make a lot of money, but you'll bill a lot and you'll spend a lot and you'll have high profile and you hope that rubs off to get other advertising business. I've got to think that their association with BetQL includes some sort of a rev share. So it's it's it you know it's like they're going to promote the heck out of BetQL. They're going to carry a lot of shows from BetQL. I'll talk about that in a second. And they're going to they're I think they're getting a cut. That's all I'm saying. I'm thinking they're getting a cut of what business they drive to BetQL, almost like a paper performance kind of deal. And you know that might make some sense. The other part that they're going to do is they're going to save a lot of money because here's what they're not going to have to do. They're not going to have to hire local sports hosts for a lot of airtime shifts to cover throughout the week and throughout the month because they're going to get content from BetQL. So BetQL puts the money into developing shows, content, and they clear it as part of their BetQL radio network on these Odyssey-owned stations. 
you see you see a lot of sports networks doing this, or certainly the lesser sports networks doing this. You know, my friend David Gao in Houston with his Sports Map Radio Network, which used to be SB Nation Radio Network, which used to be Yahoo Sports Radio Network, which used to be Sporting <laughs> News Radio Network. Half of his lineup, probably two thirds of his content on the network, comes from non Sports Map slash David Gao produced shows at his studios in Houston. It's coming from other sources. So basically it's free content with a rev share on the ad side. This is what I think Odyssey's doing with these guys with the sports betting business. They've committed a lot to to getting into the gaming side of sports because A, they can make some money on it on a rev share, and B, um, it's it's kind of it's where a lot of the ad dollars flowing into sports radio networks are these days between FanDuel and uh DraftKings and all yeah. these guys, they're just, they're just flooding the zone with money. And if you have a betting show, they're going to put some money on it and put it there. So, um, so you, you know, think it's a, a lot good of move. angles to this. You yeah. think it's a good move, right? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're taking you know stations that aren't doing well financially, probably aren't doing very well from an audience standpoint, and you're and you're going to you're going to drive some listing for guys that are really geeking out on sports. And here's the other thing. Sports betting, the legality of sports betting is rolling out across America and all these different cities and uh, different states. And Odyssey wants to be ahead of that wave or with that wave anyway, so that when, you know, when we're all betting out at the uh, local Indian casino at the sports book, you know, uh, up in, uh, you know, Snohomish or wherever it is, or on your way out to uh, Leavenworth and you stop by the casino, you know, that's what they, they want to, they want to be able to get that revenue as well. And that's going to be a, a big business. It's a, it's a exploding area for guys to go gamble legally on sports, but it is a minute audience. And when you listen to these shows, it's like, either you're into what the line is, the over under prop bets and all these kinds of things. I'm not in. No, did, did the Lakers win? Tell me about the Clippers. You know, so it's kind of uh, it's it's very specialized. It's very narrow targeting, and we'll see how it works. Yeah, but I think that's that's the beauty of it. Is you know we've we've looked at radio as a mass audience. The bigger the ratings, the better. But this is a case where they can target in on a very specific targeted audience that has cash. And the cash comes directly from the listeners, not from the advertisers. It comes through mm-hmm. the listeners and the bets they make. I think it's a shrewd move. I think they're going to do well with it. And, you know, the radio stations almost become secondary. They will use it to promote the audio streams that they've got on audacity.com, odyssey.com. Sorry. It's right. yep. bad habit. Uh, new sales <laughs> director in Chicago who for Hubbard who – do I get this right? She's never sold radio? What's the story? Well, here? no, she's sold radio. But from what I can tell from her LinkedIn profile is that, that she hasn't sold local radio. She was selling ABC Network Radio, which is a completely different sell, I was going to say, that, that's like never yeah. having sold local you radio. Know, and, and so, so here, here's the news. You know, so those of you that have watched and listened to us for the last year know that I geek out on when, when somebody gets a job, a new job, like a DOS, a director of sales is the person in a group of radio stations in a market, and they oversee all of the ad sales operations, all the little sales managers and all the little radio salespeople. The director of sales oversees all of that. And in Chicago, which is Hubbard's biggest market, you know, that's a big job. And those stations are really high rated. They've been very successful, been been really very well run. Drew Horowitz used to run that cluster, and I knew Drew. And you know, he's a he's a he's a very accomplished broadcaster and a and a great manager. So Drew Drew slides off. They bring in Jeff England from 
Phoenix to be the market manager in in, in Chicago in 2016, and he inherits a, a director of sales. A couple of years go by, and he, he gets rid of that person and hires Nancy O'Brien, who was the national sales manager, and she becomes the director of sales for three years, and now she's gone. You see, you never read about that in the press. You just read about the new person who's going to you know, take us to new heights and, you know, is really going to, you know, set the world on fire. Take us, take us to the next level, ready for take, launching take the station. Take us to the next level, right, right, right. So now that now they, they promote Mary Eileen Weber, who was the senior director of sales and strategy for their digital ad agency. So Hubbard Radio, because they want to do digital, has a separate digital ad agency called 2060 or 2060 or whatever. And uh, and it does very well. They they do a lot of digital advertising work for their clients. Yeah, it but is. But she good. was running that in Chicago, and now she's running all of the ad sales in Chicago. So I'll keep my eye on this. Wish her luck. You know, Hubbard is a good company, and and uh, I you know I knew a lot of people in that operation for a while. Not so much anymore. It's going to be a bit of transition for everybody as she kind of learns you know well, what it's like on the local ad side. But to your point, um, Hubbard has. Um, Hubbard has stumbled on some hires over the last couple of years. You know, they've hired people in major market positions, moved them out within a year. Your example mm-hmm. of three years or three DOSs in five years. I mean, that's that's not a stable organization. So they're not they're not doing the best when it comes to hiring. But, no, and, uh, you know, and I, I hold them up. You know, I hold all these directors of sales up against the greatest director of sales I've ever met, I've ever worked for. And I think has ever been in radio, and that's Jeff Thomas here in Los Angeles for iHeartMedia. And Jeff has been in that position for 17 years, uh, 16 years, something like that, overseeing more revenue than any human being in the history of radio uh, and, and the stations in L.A. You know that is stability. You want to know why you know why L.A. iHeartMedia does so well from a revenue standpoint? It's that guy and the team he continues to develop and grow and. And uh, and manage and you know and so when you have a, a market like Chicago and a group like Hubbard which is so dominant in Chicago and competitive to iHeart and Odyssey and Cumulus they've got all the groups there to go through three DOSs in you know five years that's a that's that's a lot of turnover in a big important job. Well, Ron Stone, who runs the Adams Radio Group, seems to have the same kind of a problem. He's had some real turnover in the management of his Delmarva markets, which are Delaware, Maryland, kind of clustered there in the in the corner of the East Coast. Right. And now they are in the process, it looks like, of completely selling all of their Eastern Shore markets. That is, Adams Radio is. And yeah, it's Salisbury Ocean City, basically. Yes, exactly. Now, these are arguably umbrella markets. You know, they're rim shop markets uh, that uh, are, you know, have a lot of coverage from adjacent major metropolitan markets. Uh, and Stone's selling these, and he claims that um, essentially it's so they can strategically buy something else that makes more sense. You know, I guess my question really to go right to the top of the list is, do you think Adams is just going to be selling all of their markets? Or do you really think they're going to reinvest in some markets that are better adjacent to their current markets in markets like Fort Wayne and Tallahassee and New Mexico. What do you think? Well, you know, adjacency, it doesn't seem to be what Ron's all about. He's just all about finding, a, a, I think, a, a good cluster of radio stations, a number of radio stations in a market where he's probably not going to be competing against Cumulus, iHeart, Odyssey, you know, or, or those guys. Um, and that's where he does well, you know. And so I think, I just think this is an anomaly 
Um, you know, Ron's committed to small operators, small market operators. He runs yeah. that independent broadcasters association. I, you know, I think he really likes that. He likes helping independent local guys do it. But this has been a tough putt. He's gone through, I think, what five GMs in the, in that market, or four GMs in in, in five years. Five years, and right. he's now got that job still open because somebody left a few months, a few weeks back, to go back to Louisiana. So he's probably going. You know what? I don't need these headaches. I've sold two of them, and he found a buyer for the remaining stations. You know, he's out. Now these are seasonal markets. These are packed in the summer and probably pretty quiet in the winter. And they're also Markets that are affected by both Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. media. And there's plenty of radio stations in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. that that, pot, that you know that pump into that area. So, I, you know, I think that niche vacation seasonal thing probably got really old. So, um, you know, I think Ron's, Ron's joining the exodus of his market managers and, and getting out. It'll be interesting because, as you know, there are so many small market operators that are probably kicking their own ass right now because they missed out on the chance to sell and make a lot of money and retire a decade ago or 20 years ago, whatever it was. And now they're stuck with these stations that they can't sell. So the radio business right now is like trying to sell a condominium. You know, the price, is, the price of your condo is determined by the most desperate seller in your condo building, right? <laughs> so it's not how great yours is. It's just how desperate the other guys who want to sell are right now. And that's radio. And it's really tough. So there's, you know, I bet, I bet, you know, Ron, Ron probably, there's probably five markets Ron could buy tomorrow if he wanted to. And if they made sense. And I, you know, and he probably will. We'll see. Well, I think, you know, as you and I were talking, I just got back from a trip to the Midwest, uh, back mm. visiting some of my old alma maters in upper Wisconsin. And I'm, I'm really impressed by how successful radio stations can be in these small markets. I mean, markets of ten or 12,000 people. Now, that's yeah. not as big as Fort Wayne or, or uh, Tallahassee, the markets that he's in. But in the Midwest, radio is still remarkably vibrant. Duke Wright and his Midwest communications group, they do really, really well. They have... Fully staffed air air talent, which is really amazing for most of their stations in most day parts. They may voice track overnights, but that's about it. And often they're the only electronic media available in these markets, which I think helps a lot. And the fact that these Midwest cities seem to be a little tech, less tech savvy than uh, those of us on the coasts. So it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's real interesting, and be interesting to see if he does actually begin to acquire some in in the upper Midwest that he could cluster around his Valparaiso and his Fort Wayne stations. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, and beef up, uh, you know, maybe Las Cruces. We'll see. But you know, and the other thing is that I've also noticed that same phenomenon in the newspaper business is that the 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 local community papers maybe they're on once a week. But they mail them out to every household in the marketplace, and they're the only place now that you can get, you know, your son's, you know, uh, box scores from, uh, you know, from his high school baseball game or the clippings for the f- the football team and all those things that that you and I grew up with when there were even local newspapers within a major market, right? You know, right, right. Uh, and so uh, those 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 papers continue to um, I don't say thrive but survive. Where you know the Chicago Tribune just took you know the forty reporters at the Chicago Tribune just took a buyout uh, you know last week so they're gone you know that's not happening in suburban Chicago or even further out into smaller towns west of Chicago and Illinois where the local the community newspapers just plug along along with the radio guys so yeah it's oh, I, I, well it's good good to see that you got you were, were you know you uh, found some important information on your trip that's good. <laughs> 
All right, Keith, I think we've had enough fun for the day. Uh, We're going to be back again to do this next week. Uh, We'll offer up our opinions on media, both Tuesday and Thursday. Join us. Be sure to subscribe because that, I don't know what that does. I guess it helps us uh, pump our numbers. And yeah, it makes our downloads good. Our data stack must continue to grow, right, Keith? (laughs) All right, Keith. It's all about our data stack. Where where are they going to listen to our podcast? Oh, Apple, Audible, uh, Spotify, uh, you, you know, iHeart, all the usual places where you get your, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find us. But don't forget to try us on YouTube as well. You know, they keep bouncing us in and out on YouTube. But uh, if you like to see our smiling faces and see how, how cute we are and what color shirts we're wearing, you know, that's that's not a bad way to go to either. So that's YouTube at Media Insultant. You go to, if you go search at Apple or any of the podcast uh, sites, it's Media Insultant. I-N-S-U-L-N-T-A-N-T. They'll try to spot, they'll try to spell check you. Don't let them. Yeah, don't let them, media don't let them do that. Insultant. If we were consultants, we'd be getting paid for this, but we're not. We're insultants, so we do it for free. Well, you mentioned wardrobe. We are looking for a trade for wardrobe ideas. So if anybody out there has got a wardrobe co- or a clothing company, we're cheap. We'll be happy Johnny to wear o, baby. anything. Johnny O, I'm looking, I'm I'm bucking up for the cup for the shirt. I'm paying for this shirts, guys. So there you go. <laughs> Hey, Keith, have, have a, a great week, week Jackson. See, see you next week.